Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Mike with the Aliante Community Baptist Church. We invite you, your family, and friends to join us as we study God's Word. So, let's begin. Second Peter, the book of uh, Second Peter, and we're, we're also going to look at uh, the first chapter in the book of, of or the second chapter in the book of First Corinthians uh, as well. We began looking at 
wisdom last week. And it, it grew out of that question that these people over in Nazareth asked about the Lord Jesus. You'll recall that he grew up in Nazareth, and when he went home early in his ministry, and he was given a scroll to read when he attended a service in the synagogue. And as he, as he spoke and preached and taught, they began to ask all kinds of questions. And one of the questions that they asked was, where did he get all of this wisdom? And with the human reasoning, they tried to figure things out. And they actually became offended at him. And to the point, they became angry with him and even attempted to throw him over a cliff. But the answer to the question, where, where does one get wisdom? Of course, the Bible teaches is that wisdom comes from God. Wisdom comes from God. And as a Christian, we're called upon to, to grow to continue growing. And uh, just by way of, of introduction, growth is a natural process of life. It's, it's a part of everyday life, isn't it? Now, God's creation contains many examples of, of growth. We can look out here, and if you moved here, probably... Uh, uh, I think, when did uh, Aliante, when was it first built? Some 10 or 15 years ago, something like that? 2003. Okay. So those trees certainly have grown, and uh, the flowers, the plants, etc., and probably the number of critters okay, that, uh, that roam out there, not only on the, uh, the golf course, but also around your homes uh, continue to grow. So creation, is filled with examples of, of growth. It's a part of life. Of course, there are different types of, of growth, different classifications. A person can grow their finances. A person can grow up and uh, get married and uh, have a family, have a child, have two children. Uh, some have 10 or more. Indeed. But then there's a healthy versus unhealthy growth. And uh, I've shared with you that my father was a nurseryman. He had a family nursery. And so we had all kinds of different plants and trees and all kinds of things. And, and it was important to prune, to prune the various shrubs and, and the trees because if they were left to themselves, they would grow spindly. And the growth wouldn't be healthy growth, it would be un unhealthy. And you also know, as uh, if we aren't careful with our diet, <laughs> we can grow in certain areas that we would rather not grow in. <laughs> I could seem to lose weight in all other areas except right around the middle. <laughs> Stubborn uh, down there. But uh, growth impacts every area of our lives, doesn't it? Every single area of our lives. 
But as Christians, we're called upon to grow in our relationship with the Lord. We're to, we're to grow. And so here in the second book of Peter, chapter 3, uh, beginning at verse 14, let's, let's read and see what the, the Lord's word says. Therefore, now remember that that word therefore refers back to everything prior to it, everything that's been said prior to it. And there were these people that had been troubling the churches, false teaching. And you know, there, that still goes on today, doesn't it? There's all kinds of, of positions out there. And not just in the church, but even outside of the church. You know, all these different people who, they have all the answers. But if you were in our Sunday school lesson this morning, you discovered that no human has all the answers. The only one who has all of the answers is God himself. God is sovereign. But the Spirit of God leading the Apostle Peter says, Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, that is, we know that the Lord is coming. Be diligent to be found by him in peace, without spot and blameless. And consider that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation. Now, we would like for the Lord to come today. But remember that, that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to a saving knowledge. So God is extending to the world his invitation to come to him to receive forgiveness of sin and the gift of eternal life. So the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation is also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to understand, which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction, as they do also the rest of the scriptures. You, therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware, lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the error of the wicked. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and forever. Amen. Now notice, first of all, that God the Holy Spirit, through Peter, makes it very clear that even all of the tremendous wisdom and knowledge that Paul was able to share in his epistles, that all that was given to him, that wisdom was given to him. It is a gift of God that he that he imparts to us. But notice that he also says that, that in his writings, there are many things that are hard to understand. Have you ever found a passage of Scripture difficult to understand? <laughs> yes, indeed. And again, if you were in Sunday school 
we started looking at the book of Job. What a tremendous man, what an exemplary man of faith, Job. He lost all of his wealth and his ten children in a moment of time, one day. And what does he do? He bows down and worships God. Very different from the, the fist shaking of so many people when things don't go their way. Tremendous man. Some things hard to understand. It's, it's hard to understand that, that, that God would allow Satan to inflict that pain in Job's life. And yet, each one of us has suffered some sort of setback, loss, grief. Something's hard to understand. And then, notice he goes on and he, he makes a classification of specific people here. Untaught and unstable. This idea of, of understanding, spiritual discernment, or the rational ability to comprehend the scripture, that too is a gift that is given by God, the Holy Spirit. The ability to understand, to comprehend. Now, we, we shared in Sunday school this morning that when working with kids, we teach them to use what are referred to as context clues. The context within which whatever it is that they're reading, describes in order to, to increase the comprehension. And I think we mentioned last time that, that when, when children go to school, they learn what is referred to as the mechanics of reading, how, how to read. But then eventually, they read to learn, that is, to comprehend how to read, and then to comprehend. Well, the Bible is in written form, isn't it? And God is the one who enables us to understand. God also calls upon us to look at the context clues, if you will, to understand the Scripture. Now he says, untaught and unstable. So that means that God intends for his people to be taught. We're to be taught. And the, the preacher or the Sunday school teacher isn't the only person who can do the teaching. We're to all teach one another. We're to learn from each other. But then there's another characteristic. He says that they're unstable unstable. Have you ever been on a trampoline? 
You're talking about something that's unstable, right? The base may be stable, but your feet and your balance, okay? And if you're not careful, you'll fall off and bang your head. But he says that's the way that some people live their lives. That's the way that some people handle the Word of God. That's the way that some people use the Bible. And lastly there, they twist it to their own destruction. And really, in the, in the language, it means foolishly or without understanding. That is, without comprehension. But it's the comprehension that God gives. And how we apply His truth in our lives. Now we started off by saying that only God knows everything. Only God knows it all. But I'll bet you know someone, maybe someone in your family, <laughs> or maybe someone where you used to work, or maybe, maybe in your neighborhood, who's a know-it-all. They just know everything. You know anybody like that? <laughs> they just know it all. And they, they've got the answer for everything. No. Well, they twist the scripture to their own destruction. But here in this passage, there are also some, some warnings. Important warnings. Notice, he uses some very important words here. Beware. Beware. That is to be aware, to be cognizant, to realize, to recognize that the world, the unbeliever, and the believer think differently. We think differently. Our goals are also different. And God's goals for our lives are also different. You see, the unbeliever lives for the here and now. The unbeliever lives for material wealth and pleasure and ease. Now, we have a beautiful tapestry here, but under the tapestry we had a little outline in our Sunday school lesson. And on that outline, we had difficulties, challenges, suffering. <coughs> and I made, made mention to the, to, to the idea, if you were to tell someone, when they come to know the Lord as their Savior, their life is going to be filled with difficulties, challenges, and suffering. How popular would that message be? <laughs> no, they like to hear this. When you come to Jesus, all of your troubles will be solved. Amen. Isn't that what the guys on TV tell you? <laughs> you'll have money in your pocket. Oh, you'll be so healthy, you'll be doing flips. You won't need that wheelchair anymore. You won't need that walker. You won't need the cane. 
Yeah. As a matter of fact, they go so far to tell you, if you really have faith, right? If you really have faith, and you sent me 50 bucks. <laughs> Just send me that $50. I'm going to send you this little cloth, you see? This little miracle cloth. And on Friday at 12 o'clock, we're all going to pray together. And you hold that cloth. And you trust Jesus for that miracle. Whatever that miracle may be. Maybe, maybe. Depending upon the size of your faith, you will want to send in a thousand dollars. Or maybe five thousand. Or ten thousand. The bigger the seed, the bigger the miracle. Right? That's what they say. Yeah. He says, beware. Beware. They twist the scripture to their own destruction. There have been a number of people who sent in all that they had only to lose what they had. Then he says, fall, so that you, you fall, lest you fall. We don't want to fall. Now one thing I've learned as I've, I've gotten older, when you fall, it hurts a little more than it used to. <laughs> it really does. It really, really hurts. Yes, it does hurt the pride as well. Steadfastness. Now, what does that mean? It means to be consistent. It means, it means to be consistent in your Christian life. And to be consistent in your Christian life, it means to live according to God's standard. Because it's right to do so. And it's healthy, spiritually healthy to do so. And the Bible also teaches this, that generally speaking, our lives will be more content when we live a life that is consistent with God's truth. And our testimony in the community and among others is more effective. Someone mentioned in the Sunday School lesson that, that one of the things that the accuser does is he uses the unbeliever to call out believers who are hypocrites. Now, we mentioned last week that we're all hypocrites, right? Some to a greater and some to a lesser degree. But it shouldn't be that way. We should live consistent lives. We should be steadfast in, in our walk with the Lord. Immovable, the Bible says. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Always growing in the work of the Lord. Being faithful. And then he says, the error of the wicked. The error of the wicked. The wicked find no pleasure in pleasing God. Their goal is not to bring glory to God. Their, their goal is to bring glory to themselves. You think of all the, the ball fields. What do you find on the ball fields? Yeah, back there in the back in their little hall of fame. 
the Hall of Fame. Now, I love sports. No, no, don't get me wrong. I love sports, and, and you know, I have favorite players and all those kinds of things. You know, and as a, as a kid, you know, I, Willie Mays was just, he was just the greatest player there was. <laughs> but do we really have to put statues and plaques and all those kinds of things? And in every, every area, you notice? And some people, they, they break their arm or, you know, patting themselves on the back, don't they? And if you do things the way that the world teaches, well, it doesn't make any sense for you to, to put 10% or more of your hard-earned money in the offering plate. Well, why would you do such a thing? Why would you, why would you do that? Well, he goes on. Notice, he says, but grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You notice he says to grow in grace. Now we're all getting older. But Christians ought to grow older gracefully. Amen? We actually ought to be graceful. And more graceful today than yesterday. And even more tomorrow than today. Of all people, we should be the most joyful. It doesn't mean that we never experience sorrow or pain. But in the midst of all of that, we know that our God reigns. Our God is sovereign. Our God is on the throne. Our God is aware of everything going on in our lives. No matter how painful, no matter how difficult, no matter how frustrating, our God is on the throne. And in that suffering, and in that pain, and in that difficulty, in those challenges, we bring honor and glory to Him. And the day is coming when we will leave this life and enter into the eternal life, and then we will be rewarded for how we endured all of that difficulty and suffering to the glory of God. He is glorified, and He promises to reward us. Our God is sovereign Lord. And we, as we grow in grace and in knowledge, we do so to bring honor and glory to Him and not to ourselves. Now, turn quickly to 1 Peter. 1 Peter in chapter 2. First Peter in chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious, 
that word desire. When I was younger, I read this, this book, and then I, I read it several times. <coughs> Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Think and Grow Rich. It's a great book. The emphasis in that book, though, is the word desire for the purpose of becoming rich. But he makes the point very effectively that what you desire will motivate you and motivate you in your life or the direction of your life. Therefore, if you, if you truly want to be successful and wealthy and all of these things, you must have a burning desire. And you must allow that burning desire to fuel your energy and motivate you to do everything possible to achieve your goal. And notice here, the desire of the Christian should be to learn God's because it is in God's word that we discover the true treasure of heaven. And the treasure of heaven is Jesus Christ, the Lord. He is the true treasure of heaven, and he is the true treasure of life. When we pray, the goal in prayer is Jesus Christ. To know him. He is the goal in prayer, not everything that we can get. You see, that was the accusation that Satan brought to God regarding Job. He says, you've given him everything that a person could want. He's wealthy beyond measure. He's got this beautiful family, wonderful reputation, all of these things. But, but take all of that away. And he'll curse you to your face. And we know the story. It was all taken away. And he worshipped God. Desire. What is the desire of your heart? To God be the glory. Knowledge, understanding, and wisdom are given by God the Holy Spirit. So turn as we, as we bring our message to a close. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. We're going to read the whole chapter. And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellency of speech or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing. You notice that? But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, 
they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, eye has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. There are things awaiting the Christian that we can't even begin to imagine that God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might, there it is, know, knowledge, the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. Who teaches? God the Holy Spirit teaches. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, but they are foolishness to him. And that word foolishness comes from the Greek moronic. Okay, moronic. Yeah, you've heard some people will, you know, they'll be critical of others and say, that guy's a moron. <laughs> Nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. There's that understanding, spiritual discernment. The understanding is a gift that is given to us by God. But he who is spiritual <laughs> judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Amen? Christians are to grow in the knowledge, in, in grace and in the knowledge of the treasure of heaven. And who is that treasure? Jesus Christ. Amen? He is to be the desire of our lives, of our hearts. And so lastly, what do we learn from these passages? Knowledge, understanding, and wisdom are all gifts of God's grace. And they're revealed and taught by God the Holy Spirit. So when you're reading the Bible, when you're at home and you're studying, pray and ask Him to reveal His truth to you. Because they're all contained in His Holy Word. The world does everything it can to reject, refute, and undermine the truth of the Scripture. And sadly, in many of our churches today, there are people who question the validity of the Scripture. Mature Christians are growing Christians who honor and glorify our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's stand, please. We're going to sing again, Jesus I Come. Maybe you've been struggling with your own personal walk with the Lord. God wants his people to be wise. He wants them to be knowledgeable. He wants them to understand his word. And he wants them to understand who he is. He is sovereign Lord. And he wants us to understand who we are. We are the blessed children of the great king. What a privilege we, are, we have. We are God's children. Maybe 
you're here today and you've never accepted the Lord as your Savior. As we sing, you come accepting Him by faith in prayer. Let's sing. We pray that you have been blessed by today's lessons from God's Word, and we invite you to contact us with any questions that you may have, especially questions regarding your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to help you with your walk of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and with your understanding of His Holy Word, the Bible. Our contact information is listed in the podcast show notes. May God richly bless you.